right, here we go, people. Wish us luck. Good morning, everybody. Hopefully you can hear me. Today is Tuesday, May 30th, 2023. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Hope you all got some R&R. Let me know if you can hear me, please, in chat, and that you can hear the music, and I would appreciate that. Welcome to episode number 376 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, not only IT, Subro, Alex Goodwin, my audio, <laughs> Ian Kincaid, and the entire, uh, oh, CatGPT's up in here, and CatGPT will be shredding the top cyber news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break in the industry, you're going to get value on terminology, concepts, current events. Um, it's going to be a lot of value. And spoiler alert, you're always going to be asked in job interview for cyber. What do you do to stay current? This right here, this is a fantastic answer. This, this logo right here, that's all you need. Just slap a picture of that down on the table and be like, now what? But before we get into the top news stories of the day, before we get into the jaw jacking, where I can tell you all about uh, what happened this weekend, um, I do want to say shout out and love uh, to the stream sponsors, starting with my good friend Eric Taylor over at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber, hold on one second. I'm <laughs> Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Listen, guys, cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions, my friend Eric Taylor, knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check him out at Barricade Cyber at BarricadeCyber.com. Subro wanted to share. I got an opportunity to work to shadow on a senior colleague in a third-party risk governance message starting next week. Boom, baby. Now, hey, one second. Um, it doesn't seem like my soundboard is making sounds. Are you guys... Are Hold on. Are you hearing the sound effects? Are you hearing that right there? Let me know if you're hearing the sound effects because it might be a manual sound effect day, y'all. Let me know. Congratulations, Subro. Super pumped. Super pu uh, Okay. Hold on. No, 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 no. I, I know you can hear the music. I'm talking about the sound effects. Okay, all right. So no sound effects. So it's a manual sound effect day. All right, Subro. Thanks for the super chat. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. And then in regards to what Subro's update was, like that's the Viking horn. Okay, go ahead and crush it. My advice to you, Subro, Soak up every possible second of that experience um, and network with that individual. Let them know what's going on, ask insightful questions. But uh, I think there's a great opportunity there. All right, also want to say shout out and love to <coughs> Panopsi Cyber. Oh my God, guys. I, I wish I could explain to you like what, it, what all is going on up in here. Ask me, catch me in, what is it, catch me outside or catch me in the parking lot? What was that, Dr. Phil, uh, female, catch me or something like, whatever. Anyways, I'm dealing with some production issues right now. Panopsi Security, holler, 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 want to say, um, Brandon Poole and his entire team over there are crushing it. They're straight, super busy, um, doing all sorts of wonderful work. Uh, I, Coastal Information Security Group, which is my, um, my consulting company, which I don't really talk about all that often, but my company 
uh, maybe doing uh, work with Panopsi Cyber. Catch me outside. How about that? Thank you. Yes. That's, I might have to get that sound effect. You know, I've been saying that a lot these last couple days. Panopsi Cyber is bringing quantified risk assessments all up into your business's face. Why a quantified risk assessment? Because it's a fact-based, statistically sound output to inform business leaders on exactly what their cyber risk posture is. Like literally with probabilities, like you have this much percentage of chance of getting ransomware attack or um, you know, suffering a, uh, a debilitating compromise. Is that okay with you? Like when you start using numbers and quantify it, what's up Julio Alacron? What, did we just become best friends? Yep. Thanks, Julio, for the stream support. Always appreciate it. Put them up. Put them up. All right, y'all. Um, check out Panopsi Cyber. If you're a business of any size and you don't have a plan, like a three-year plan on what you're doing for cybersecurity, you're kind of just winging it, this is where you would need to go. Get a Panopsi Cyber uh, quantified risk assessment, and you'll be happy with that. XM Cyber, also, but more about them at the mid-roll. Whew. All right, guys, kind of flew through that. I want to remind you, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast, just like this one, is worth half the CPE. So be sure to say what's up, take a screenshot, um, and uh, put it into your um, CPEs. I know ISC Squared and ISACA for sure, but check your certification body um, to see you know what applies and whatnot. If you're live here, hashtag Team Live. Want to say... Special shout out to CatGPT. I know CatGPT took a little time off for some personal stuff. It's great to see you again. Meow, meow. Uh, also, Alana, I'd love to hear about the St. Lucia. That sounded really fun. Um, and for the whole community, uh, welcome this morning. Joel Belton with the gifted subs. Thanks, Joel Belton. Guys, pick up those gifted subs if you want to be a squad member and take full advantage of the squad emotes and be up in the squad. There we go. Joel Belton with the Oprah. You get a squad membership. You get a squad membership. Thanks so much, Joel Belton. All right, y'all. <clears throat> if you're team live, welcome to the party. If you're team replay, let it... Uh, uh, CPEs, Estras, if you have a cybersecurity certification, you're typically required to maintain continuing professional education or CPEs to maintain it. It's usually going to like trainings or webinars and stuff. This is one of those. Okay, if your team replay, holla in chat. I, I missed you guys yesterday. It's not the same. It's not the same in the evenings thumbing through uh, the YouTube studio and not seeing the team replay comments. So uh, what's up, team replay? Happy to have you. Special shout out to Boston Rob. Still thinking about those tacos, Rob. If you're team hybrid, you got here later, you got to leave early and you're going to catch it on live and replay. You're a special, you're a special one. Let us know in hashtag team replay. I mean, excuse us, let, let me know in hashtag team hybrid. And then finally, my favorite passive observer, if you're shy, if you're socially introverted, if you're not sure how to begin networking, but you know the value of it and you're kind of nervous, you're sitting there, sweaty fingertips, about to clack something on the keyboard, but you're not sure, keep typing something and then deleting it, just say hashtag passive observer. What's up, Alicia Jerry? Hashtag passive observer, take your first step into the networking light you're going to be super super happy with it now sit back relax and let's get into the news i'll see you at the mid-roll the CISO series it's cybersecurity headlines it's tuesday may 30th 2023 
New Gobrat Remote Access Trojan targeting Linux routers in Japan. According to experts from the JP-CERT Coordination Center, this is a new Golang Remote Access Trojan called Gobrat. The compromise of an internet-exposed router is followed by the deployment of a loader script that acts as a conduit for delivering Gobrat, which, when launched, masquerades as the Apache daemon process to evade detection. The loader is also equipped to disable firewalls, and Gobrat, for its part, communicates with a remote server via the transport layer security protocol to receive as many as 22 encrypted commands for execution. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> you guys ever see um, Ace Ventura, the original one, when he's, when he's like imitating Snowflake, the dolphin, the Miami Dolphins mascot who got kidnapped? He's like, okay, okay. <laughs> Anyways, thanks so much, uh, Randock Gaming, for the uh, squad memberships. Guys, pick those up. I love it. Now, you guys know that I am a particularly fond person of visuals, right? I usually lose my mind when uh, a really serious vulnerability doesn't get a logo. Um, and I like good infographics, okay? This right here, this right here is excessive, okay? This is excessive. If you know what you're looking at, this is ridiculously overcomplicated for what it is, okay? All, all that's going on with this Gobrat Trojan, okay, in Japan, okay? So first of all, if you're in Japan, be mindful of this, but it doesn't necessarily have to be Japanese, okay? This can be any Linux router. Uh, and I'll look at a second at what, um, hold on, let me look at a second, because look at the graphic. It execute command via SSH is step one, okay? Like, hold on. This right here at the top, bro, like, catch me outside with this one. Listen, all this is saying is you log in with a legit account and you execute a command. Whoa, okay. So all you're doing with that command, all right, is telling the Linux router to reach out to a C2 server and download a script. All that's happening is you schedule the script with like a cron job, basically, or daemon, to basically start the script on some frequency, which runs the remote access Trojan and keeps it persistent, and then it connects back to the C2 server. So basically, the gobrat is just a persistence mechanism to run on this Linux router to give you a threat, hold, a threat actor a foothold on the environment, right? That This is not, like, again, I, I don't typically nitpick with this but this is like this has 10 steps to it and it's just logging in and running, <laughs> running a script right and setting some persistence up so be mindful if you were going to look at this here's a fun little exercise if you were going to look at this and say where could you uh protect where could you detect that's a fun little activity uh one like the linux router harden the credentials two um when it reaches out to the c2 server you should have some type of firewall or ids um, detecting that type of malicious activity. You will not have an EDR, endpoint detection and response agent, typically on networking devices. That's not super common. You can do it, but in my experience, most people put it on, you know, Windows workstations and Carl, Carl's box, but not, um, not those things. So what the one thing I am curious about is how it gets SSH initially. Uh, See it? Yeah, see exactly. Look at this. I didn't even listen or read this. The loader disables firewalls, establishes persistence with the cron job scheduler, and registers its own keys. Okay. So actually, when it registers its own keys, um, it, 
it, it, that's real persistence because you could actually harden the credentials and it's still going to be able to log in. You'd have to delete the uh, keys on the server. Uh, Joseph Pips is saying he needs some advice. Should I continue getting defensive certs or start getting some ethical hacking certs? Super new and introverted. Thanks for your time. Joseph Pips, the question is, what do you want to do in the industry? Um, you know what I mean? And which ethical hacking certs are you looking at, right? Defensive certs are good. Ethical will give you the opportunity to be good at defensive, right? Some of the best detection engineers are, you know, recovering hackers. Um, so any and all of it's good. I would actually look at like, you know, which certs and where, like which certs, and then are jobs asking for those certs? Do those uh, certs give you any type of access to any networking and stuff like that? All right, that's enough on Gobrat. Hackers used encrypted RPMSG messages in Microsoft. Oh, oh, sorry. Also, Joseph Pips. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thanks, Joseph, for the super chat. Hopefully that answered your question. 65 targeted phishing attacks. Researchers at Trustwave have observed threat actors using encrypted RPMSG attachments sent via compromised Microsoft 365 accounts in a phishing campaign aimed at stealing Microsoft credentials. RPMSG files are used to deliver emails with rights managed email object protocol enabled. Instead of a plain text, emails via RPMSG files are sent with content encrypted and stored as an encrypted file attachment. Recipients can read the encrypted messages only after being authenticated with their Microsoft account or obtaining a one-time passcode. The phishing message attempts to trick recipients into clicking the read the message button to decrypt the protected message. Upon clicking the link, the recipients are redirected to an Office 365 web page with a request to sign into their Microsoft account. Once authenticated with the Microsoft service, the recipients are then redirected to a page displaying the attacker's phishing email. This message contains a click here to continue button that points to a fake SharePoint document hosted on Adobe's InDesign service. Hmm. All right, so this is interesting, okay? Um, this is interesting. So, okay, a couple things. One, I had not heard of RPMSG files, although I have like once or twice in my life received an email like this. So if you've seen, if you receive an email like this or any of your end users receive an email like this, and this comes from Microsoft Office, um, well, it comes from Office 365, but this is an exchange online protection and exchange delivered email. This is legitimate, okay? This is legitimate. It basically, why is, can you guys hold on one second? Holy jeez. Hold on one second. Uh, oh my God, wow. Sincere apologies for that. Um, I'll explain it jawjacking what just happened if people ask. This is a legit email from Microsoft Office. So you, if you educate your end users that this is legit, they're going to get legit uh, click through. Okay, so they're going to click on it and it's going to decrypt the message. They have not had their credentials compromised at this point. Then after that, this is the actual message, right? This is the, oh my God. This is the message that gets decrypted, okay? Now you, in this click here to continue button, this is what's going to take them to the phishing landing page right here, okay? So two things, I mean, you could educate your end users on this, but in the story it says this is a very low volume, highly targeted type attack. 
So you could educate your end users on this. However, they're probably unlikely to see it. I would, I would educate, if you have an opportunity to educate your like board or your executive team or something like that, where it's, you know, just them. So it's like, you know, whatever, five, 10 people that you're going, this might be a good opportunity. And just as a quick aside, when you're doing end user awareness training, there's some psychological issue where like, if you're educating, say a thousand people at the same time, it's not, not everybody's going to be listening, right? People are going to be in their phones, stuff like that. When you have a intimate group, like five, six people, people are naturally going to be attentive because they don't want it unless you're being super boring. Like they don't like, you can look right at them and be like car, like, like Ted, you're not listening to me. Like Ted, listen to me. Right. So, okay. So just pick and choose how you do these things. There is an opportunity here if you kind of uh, make this a little bit more generic to educate end users that threat actors will use like a double kind of double authentication attack. So the like th that's a term I just made up, but like the first email is legit. The second one is not legit or the first authentication is legit. The second one is not legit to get them thinking that, oh, it can be staged. OK, like it can have multiple steps. It's not like, you know, oh, like once I see the first email, I'm good to go. All right. So there's that. Uh, again, this is low volume, highly targeted. The TLDR for me is that this is a legit thing right here. So you, you know, we're always we're always in this we're always in this weird malaise where you know, like we're trying to educate people on proper cyber hygiene, but at the same time, sometimes our tools shoot ourselves in the foot, right? So something like this is legit, and you have to make your end users aware of this. But tell them. You got to remain vigilant. You don't just click through and be like, you know, it's not green. It's not like a Boolean logic where it's like all good or it's all bad. You have to remain vigilant. Hackers hold City of Augusta hostage in a ransomware attack. The Black Bite Group has claimed responsibility for a ransomware attack on the city of Augusta, Georgia. They have posted 10 gigabytes of sample data for free and claim they have a lot more available, including payroll information, contact details, PII, physical addresses, budget allocation data, and more, although this has not been independently verified. The group accuses the city of being, quote, sleepy, end quote, in its response and is posting the sample files to help it, quote, wake up, end quote. Augusta's mayor has refuted the claims about the ransom demand. All right. So another city. Okay. So the, the mayor, um, the mayor, you know, is saying that this didn't happen. Um, they're not being ransomware. As far as I know, they just had a data breach, right? Oh no, it is ransomware. So Augusta's down, I suppose. I, I, you know, I haven't heard one way or the other, but I know that their data has been taken. The mayor is just, is saying this isn't true. It's very obvious if it's true or not. Ransomware is no joke, right? Like it, you're down or you're not down. Okay, the data getting out, that sucks. There has been a massive movement of municipalities being hit, right? We saw Atlanta in 2017 and then shortly thereafter, Baltimore. And it was kind of like big news if a municipality got hit, right? <laughs> but you know, it's becoming more and more frequent, right? We saw Minneapolis, Oakland, Spartanburg, South Carolina, now Augusta, Georgia. A couple things. One, municipalities are notoriously understaffed, especially when it comes in the IT area that definitely don't have InfoSec. Um, secondly, and this to me, when I saw this story, this is really the TLDR that many people don't know this, okay? But if you live in this area, you do know this. 
Augusta is like a wicked hotbed for cybersecurity, okay? There's a B-Sides Augusta that I've been to that is excellent. Augusta, I believe, what is it, like Fort Gordon or Fort Meade? There's a, there's a cyber, like, there's like a military installation that's like focused on cyber. There's a ton of cyber businesses that are cropping up in Augusta. Like, I'm, when I say it's a cyber hotspot, I mean... There's a lot of think, there's a lot of brain trust, there's a lot of money, straight cash, homie. There's a lot of money going into Augusta. So for Augusta to get hit with a ransomware attack, it, thank you, Randock Gaming, Fort Gordon. For Augusta to get hit with a ransomware attack is very um, unsettling because, I mean, yes, there's a lot going into that space, but, you know, and that doesn't necessarily translate to Augusta, the city being secured, but you think it would, right? Also... I have to imagine that Augusta is getting significant help from the local community because there are so many cyber professionals in the Augusta area now. Um, so anyways, and, and, and just another quick plug. If you live within three hours of Augusta, Georgia, besides Augusta is an awesome place to go. Fun. Well, I'll tell you a tidbits Tuesday. Remind me tidbits Tuesday for about uh, besides Augusta and I'll share something. MCNA Dental data breach impacts 8.9 million people after ransomware attack. Managed Care of North America, MCNA Dental, has published a data breach notification on its website informing almost 9 million patients that their personal data was compromised. MCNA Dental is one of the largest government-sponsored dental care and oral health insurance providers in the U.S. through Medicaid and CHIP. In a notice published Friday, MCNA says it became aware of unauthorized access to its computer systems on March 6th, with an investigation revealing that the hackers first gained access to MCNA's network on February 26th. The Lockbit ransomware gang claimed the cyber attack on MCNA on March 7th when they had published the first data samples that they had stolen. All right, well, expect to see these individuals, MCNA, on the HHS OCR wall of shame. If you're not familiar with that, uh, any business that has a healthcare data breach over 500 records uh, has to report, and then they're put on this permanent wall of shame. For Tennessee Orthopedic Clinics, they had exactly 500, and uh, they're on the wall of shame. But MCNA, look at this guy, 5 million records, Pharmerica Corporation, that doesn't look good, that doesn't feel good. Right, hundred thousand for Unita Basin Healthcare. Anyways, you can go there and look it up if you want. Um, MCNA got hit. That's it. You know, again, get in line. You probably have like three or four different um, identity theft protection services on you right now. Data breaches are all over the place, and I want to remind people: like we we took like a victory lap last you know, maybe six months ago that there was a dip in ransomware activity. Um, and I said, we're not, we may have won a battle, but we're not winning the war. A lot of the ransomware threat actors are distracted and refocusing their energy or being conscripted into the conflict in Eastern Europe right now. So they're not at the computer doing ransomware attacks. Now that conflict is still well underway, but things have kind of, uh, gone from a rolling boil down to a, uh, hot simmer. So those ransomware threat actors are able to re-engage on their activities and potentially help fund uh, some of their initiatives. So we're seeing what I would consider a, um, a bit of a growth in the ransomware attack uh, area. So 
this isn't good for MCNA. Major, major uh, player. Um, again, threat actors, they're going to get paid, whether they sell your data, whether they you pay a ransom, whatever. They're going after it. So this isn't a good look for MCNA. Lockbit is a ransomware as a service model. So uh, this could have been an affiliate that got them. Um, they asked for $10 million, which is actually pretty cheap if you um, if you think about it. Right. Let me see this really quickly. MCNA annual revenue. Usually threat actors ask for about 3%. Okay. So they made $78 million in 2021. 10% would be $7 million. 1% would be $700,000. 3% would be $2.1 million. So these these uh, Lockbit threat actors, I don't know if they were expecting to negotiate down from $10 million, but $10 million is a bit uh, over what the normal... There's literally a market for ransomware, okay? So $10 million is actually over market for the revenue of MCNA. So, I, you know, we'll see, we'll see if they pay it or not, but um, it's not good, right? Even if they do pay or don't pay, they're going to uh, have to notify everybody and, and pay for the uh, credit monitoring, obviously <laughs> recover their systems and downtime and all these other things. And now a word from our sponsor, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Have you fallen victim to a ransomware attack? What? Well, don't worry, Barricade Cyber Solutions what? has helped Barricade thousands cyber? of customers in situations just like yours. Viking horn. Their proprietary ransomware recovery services are designed to quickly get your business back on track. Their team of experts will identify the source of the attack and provide a comprehensive solution to prevent it from happening again. You can count on them for the security of your data and systems. For more information, visit barricadecyber.com. That's B-A-R-R-I-C-A-D-E, cyber.com. All right. Nicely done, Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber. So that's right. If you need help, listen to CISO Series podcast. Get yourself some um, Barricade Cyber. I know Eric's his own his own entity, but I feel like he's he's like a, you know, I don't know. We're coming up as like a Justice League type thing, and I just love hearing barricade cyber um getting recognized in that in that way so very very cool um now remember i don't have a soundboard so we're gonna have to play simple minds uh the old-fashioned way and get a copyright strike but let's do it all right y'all all right guys hopefully that you can hear me over the audio just fine Guys, I want to thank all of you for being here, all 264 of you, for spending your Tuesday morning with us. Really, really pumped. Thank you very much. I want to say thanks to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber, <clears throat> Panopsi, and <clears throat> XM Cyber. Guys, XM Cyber, if you guys didn't know, they do exposure management. Organizations are overwhelmed with thousands of exposures across cloud and on-prem environments on a monthly basis. So efficiently reducing risk is an almost impossible task. Impossible. Discover the most critical threats and practical tips on how to overcome remediation fatigue. Remediation fatigue, it's literally mental health for vulnerability management analysts. With a new approach to efficiently reducing risk, with XM Cyber's 2023 State of Exposure Management Report, there's a link in the description below. CatGPT, I know it's been a minute. You might be interested in this report. Really great statistics in there. Just use the link down below, download the report, dig in, have yourself a merry little morning. 
All right. Now, hey, really quickly, if you are here, you may have found the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast because it showed up in your YouTube stream. You're like cruising YouTube and you're like, oh, what's this? This this looks interesting. Doink. And then you got here and you're like, oh, wow. How did I not know about this? If this is your first day here, say what's up. Let me know if it's your first day. The important thing is that if you hit the like button right now on YouTube, please, if we all hit the like button, YouTube's gonna be like, oh, people who watch cyber content like this video, let me tell other people who are on the platform right now about this YouTube cyber live stream. And then those people will get pulled in here, right? That's how we expand the community. So do me a solid, please. If you're getting the entertainment value, if you're getting education value, hit the like button for a hot minute. Wanna remind everybody about the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Oh yeah, no problem, Anthony. Please enjoy it. I've got, literally, I literally have over 750 videos on the channel now on Simply Cyber. So I am just a factory cranking out content, y'all. Um, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, Samantha S currently has the baton, so hopefully Samantha is in chat. Uh, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an ongoing initiative that we created in order to help people network and build their professional network. Go on to, there's Samantha with her coffee. Go on LinkedIn, find the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. It's a light, light CTF. Go find the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge and connect with the people who are posting and commenting in the comments. Believe me, you will absolutely build your professional network in a way that will be super meaningful to you long-term. No one can take your professional network away, but you have to build it yourself, okay? Mike Race, my man, love it. You're welcome. So Samantha, please tag somebody, and then we'll go on to the, um, go on there. So Tidbits Tuesday. Here's a Tidbits Tuesday, guys. Every single day of the week has a special little segment, and on Tuesdays, I'd like to tell you a little bit about me, right? A little behind the glass with Jerry, okay? All right, guys, so I went to B-Sides Augusta in 2016. I sat right behind Ed Scotus. I was so nervous and so, like, anxious. I wanted to say hi to him, and instead I just, like, didn't move. And then after the talk, I got up and left. <laughs> like, I was so nervous. Like, Ed Scotus is, like, a legendary... Um, Sands instructor, he's a really nice guy. I've met him since. Um, he's, he's totally approachable. But at that time in my life, I was like um, super nervous and super shy and just, you know, hashtag passive observer sitting five feet behind him. But like, this is the type of um, awesomeness that B-Sides Augusta is. I met, um, oh my God, Chris Sistrunk gave a talk at that um, B-Sides. I met him. Um, Anyways, Ed Scotus, super cool guy. Uh, I just want you to know, Adrian Harris, all right, thank you. Uh, wow, thank you so much, uh, Samantha and Adrian. Uh, anyways, Ed Scotus, check him out, S-K-O-U-D-I-S, Scotus. He's awesome. He's the guy behind the um, Sands Holiday Hack Challenge every year. But I'm way over that um, uh, imposter syndrome stuff now. So just just know this is, this is how... This is how it is, guys. You got to lean into it. All right. Let's get back to the news. I'll see you at Jawjacking.
Brazilian hackers target Portuguese financial institutions. A Brazilian hacking crew. Uh, Feriad Umar. It's hashtag simply cyber secure. Uh, simply cyber community challenge. Hashtag simply security cyber is not going to pull up anything. Simply cyber community challenge. This is what it looks like right here. Simply cyber community challenge has targeted users of more than 30 Portuguese financial institutions this year, according to a report released Thursday by Sentinel Labs. The campaign, dubbed Operation Magalena, initially relied on cloud service providers like DigitalOcean and Dropbox, but as these firms tightened rules on how their services are used, it pivoted to Russia-based web hosting provider TimeWeb. Its latest iteration relies on a pair of back doors deployed simultaneously to give the attacker control over infected machines. Dubbed Peeping Title, the backdoors allow the attacker to monitor window interaction, take unauthorized screenshots, terminate processes, and deploy additional malware, such as data exfiltration tools. Bar okay, um, and real quick, just so you guys know, I see all the, the great supporting comments in chat about SCOTUS. Uh, the main reason I was nervous to talk to him is because I didn't know what to say. I was like, oh, like, what do I say to him? Like, hi, like, and be awkward. Uh, and Mrs. Ozier actually told me when I got home, because I told her about it, she's like, why didn't you just tell him that you appreciate the work he does? And I was like, oh, that's such a good, that's like, that's like brilliant, you know? So anyways, um, okay, so it looks like a Brazilian hacking crew um, is hitting Portuguese uh, financial institutions. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, Brazil is kind of like, not Portugal, obviously, but like the, the Portuguese, there's a large Portuguese contingent and population or, you know, kind of cultural background in Brazil, if I'm not mistaken. Also, I want to point out um, in Nicole Pelroth's book, This is How They Tell Me the World Ends, which is phenomenal. I, I recommend it probably like once a week. Um, she actually spends some time in Argentina and uh, talks about the hacking collective down there. And it's very, very interesting. And I'm sure Brazil, there's some like, you know, not spillover, but like South America's no joke, y'all. Like, don't sleep on Brazil, Argentina. Um, you know, Cuba's got some action going. I know that's not South America. But uh, anyways, I just wanted to point out that it's not all Eastern Europe and uh, Asia. All right. Brazil's getting hit. Operation Magalina. All uh, Portuguese Portugal's getting hit. All I would say here, the, the TLDR, obviously, if you support a Portuguese financial institution, you're well inside the scope of this target. So be mindful of that. What what you should take away as an individual, though, is um, this hacking crew deploys two backdoors on compromised assets. Why is that important, Jerry? Well, let me explain. Here's the deal. When you find a compromised host, you might be like, oh my God, like, or your EDR tags it or something like that. You might be like, oh good, okay, like, let me look. Oh, I see a, you know, listening mechanism or I see some type of beaconing using a tool like Rita. And you go and clean that asset. Now, normally you'd almost want to um, wipe and re-image, but say it's like an, a domain controller or it's a really sensitive system or you can't wipe it for whatever reason but you, you clean it. The reason that they have two back doors is for um, resiliency, okay? So don't think that when you have cleaned an asset that it's fully clean, you should still, it's hard to pr 
you know, prove a negative, right? If, if they only put one back door on it and you clean it, you can't look for the other back door. But you should assume compromise and you, should, you shouldn't just like uh, clean a machine and then put it back in the fleet and go about your day. You should clean a machine, but then be mindful like, oh, hey, I should, I should uh, put some extra detections on this or I should put it in a group that gets a little bit of extra love, a little bit of extra looks. Maybe set a reminder, a task reminder that at the end of the day, check that machine's IP address and just see if there's any other network activity in or out that doesn't make sense, okay? Some, some threat actors, I've heard of nation states, I'm not gonna name which ones, but I've heard of nation states that will install, install four uh, persistence mechanisms, and one of them's like every 10 seconds, checking in, one's every like 10 minutes, one's once a month, and then the fourth one was every six months. So really, really deep-rooted uh, persistence mechanisms. So don't sleep, it's not one, one and done, okay? To the networks issue added to CISA vulnerability list. A bug patched recently in email security hardware made by Barracuda Networks was added Friday to the federal catalog of exploited vulnerabilities. The company reported earlier this week that it pushed out two separate patches to its email security gateway appliance to fix a flaw in a module which initially screens the attachments of incoming emails. In posting the bug, tracked as CVE 2023-2868, CISA warned federal agencies and the public that these types of vulnerabilities, quote, are frequent attack vectors for malicious cyber actors and post significant risks to the federal enterprise, end quote. No other Barracuda Networks products were affected, the company said. Ooh, Barracuda, da, 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 da. right? That song? Okay, guys, so check it out. This, first of all, Jen Easterly in chat. Thank you, Jen, uh, for... Uh, <laughs> being a good sport and being an emote, not that Jen uh, approved or disapproved of that, but uh, we do like representing CISA here. Uh, so last week, Barracuda issued uh, two emergency patches for a easy to compromise um, vulnerabilities. Now, I don't recall if this was the 10 CVSS score 10 or, or it was a 9.8, but it was certainly high, certainly being actively exploited. This list by CISA, the CISA vulnerability list, they only put it on vulnerabilities that are being actively exploited. So if you are not checking this list with you know some level of frequency or subscribing to the newsletter that comes out, I, I think there's a newsletter, um, you should because in the pantheon of vulnerabilities, not all vulnerabilities are created equal, right? You could have a really, really nasty vulnerability that's a 9.8, right? And then you could have another one that's a seven, right? The 9.8 could not be actively exploited at this time, and the 7 could be actively exploited, meaning that there's tools out there, threat actors know about the tools, they're using the tools, we're seeing active compromises happening through these vulnerabilities being exploited. That one, that 7 that's being actively exploited, that's where you should prioritize because it's an active threat, right? So, um, like, it, I don't even know if this metaphor is going to make sense, but like, if you have like a, um, a, a um, like a bag of food hanging in the woods and there's like reports of bears around, right? But then you look at the bag of food and there's like a raccoon actively hanging on the bag trying to scrape at it. Yeah, bears are worse than raccoons. But guess what? The raccoon's actively trying to get into your food bin, right? So you would prioritize defending and protecting and recovering from raccoon attacks before the bear attacks. Not to say bears aren't critical or bears can't really mess up your day, but do you see what I'm saying? Hopefully that metaphor 
made sense. Uh, good on Sissa for continuing to do this. I love me some Sissa, okay? Lender One Main fined $4.2 million for cybersecurity lapses. One Main Financial Group, which specializes in issuing loans to people with non-prime credit histories, will pay a $4.25 million penalty in New York State for cybersecurity lapses found during a government investigation. The DFS investigation found, for example, that the company allowed local administrative users to share accounts and permitted those accounts to use the default password that users got when they were onboarded. The investigation also noted that the lender also used a non-formalized project administration framework developed in-house that failed to address certain key software development lifecycle phases. It did not assess third-party vendors properly, despite having a risk policy in place, and further failed to appropriately adjust several vendors' risk scores even after the occurrence of multiple cybersecurity events. One main has responded by saying it has, quote, long since addressed, end quote, the problems found in the investigation, which examined its policies from 2017 to early 2020. And now... Okay, so DFS, Department of Financial Services in the state of New York, announces a $4 million settlement. You know what a settlement means? It means... Straight cash, homie, okay? You want to talk about cash rules, everything around me, cream? Here we go. Dude, this company, One Main, made $1 billion last year. Oh, excuse me. $1 billion, $1 billion in the first quarter. $1 billion. A $4 million settlement, okay? They probably spent more on lawyer fees than they did on this settlement. This settlement is laughable. Laughable to a company that makes $4 billion, okay? This is like one-tenth of a percent. One-tenth of 1% of their annual quarterly, I mean, annual revenue, okay? This, this doesn't even get escalated to senior vice president approval level. This is like a mid-level regional manager approves this, okay? Now, check this out. Like, the fine, laughable, it's not going to change anything. It's a settlement, which means they got their hand fully caught in the cookie jar, and they just want to stroke a check to make it go away, which the Department of Financial Services is happy to do, okay? Check this out. A couple things I want to point out here. One, this financial services company had cybersecurity issues all over the place. Third-party risk, uh, access uh, privilege issues, uh, AppSec dev issues, right? Now, granted, the, the Department of Financial Services is actually trying to protect consumers of this company, but this company, guys, it's very, very, very rare, very rare, mark my words, it is very rare for a financial services company not to go all in on cybersecurity. Like very rare. Like of all the industries, the financial services is the one that is like the tip of the spear with investing heavily on cybersecurity. They often have in-house red teams. They, they invest the crap out of uh, some information security. So this is actually quite stunning. Second thing I want to point out here, and I see this all the time, and it's so it's so dumb. Like if I had my "You are so dumb for real," uh, Anton Dobson meme right now. Do we have an Anton Dobson uh, emote? 
We don't have Antoine Dobson emote. You know what? I'm going to add an Antoine Dobson emote. That way we can do this, okay? Here's the deal. Another key finding that they had. Hold on. Here's another key finding that they had. Where is it? They had one where it was like, okay, one main used a non-formalized project administration framework it developed in-house. Okay, dude, you are a financial services company. Why are you developing in-house bespoke application software to manage stuff? I get it. This this right here is one of those things where like Carl, Carl in accounting developed some type of Microsoft Access database and then made a silly little front end to it and everybody started using it and then Carl like quit or died or something and it became super critical. So then they just started building on top of it and it turns into like one of these like shanty towns of in-house application that has some type of level of business criticality. And this is the problem. Guess what? I don't care how much of a special snowflake one main financial is. Project management is project management. There are companies that make software that solve project management problems for thousands and hundreds of thousands of businesses. You like, you know what the wheel is? You don't need to reinvent it here. But this happens all the time. This is one of those ones where you you're like in for an ounce. And you're, or in for a penny, in for a pound. Like you, you get into it and then it becomes too painful because it's too much money, too much time, too much resources, or you don't have the knowledge capital to know what it is to sunset some of these in-house custom bespoke solutions and move on to a, a, another one. You just kick it on down the road. I bet you anything, I bet you anything, okay? This is a fact. I bet you that this particular piece of software that they develop in-house, it regularly, in meetings at this company, they talk about, we really should get off this. Yeah, yeah, like let's do it next quarter. How much is it gonna cost? Anybody that comes in fresh blood, they're like, oh, we should totally fix this. And then they get beat down and then they just kick it on down the road. I guarantee you, I've seen it time and time again of these like technical debt, you know, dumpster fires that just get pushed down the road. And eventually there's either a compromise that forces them to do it or, um, and this is more often the case, there's some significant upgrade that needs to happen that cannot happen because of that technical solution. Okay, like, like here's a great example if you don't know this one. Windows Server 2008 R2, it's going end of life, right? Or it's gone end of life. I think it's going end of life, extended support. You cannot, you need to upgrade to 2012 or higher in order to take advantage of several Azure functionalities like federated authentication and um, um, multi-factor in Azure, okay? To, to, to authenticate to your on-prem stuff, okay? It all has to do with authentication and identity access management. My point is you have to migrate and migrating from 2008 R2 onto anything else is not a point and click solution that you go get a, a cup of coffee and wait. It's a massive schema upgrade. And people I've seen, I've been working for years and every place I go, they have the problem and they're like, ah, we'll just kick it down the road. We'll just get more extended support. And it's like, no, man, it's, it's, there's a storm coming. You need the, you're just making it worse. There's never going to be a good time. Right? What was it? John Wooden, the famous basketball coach from UCLA, said, "If you don't have time to do it right now, 
then when are you going to have time to redo it? Because you're going to, right? Smart man. Last week in Ransomware. As mentioned earlier in this episode, Augusta, Georgia has joined Dallas on the list of cities being subject to cyber attack. Black Basta waged an attack on German arms manufacturer Rheinmetall, and ABB confirmed that data was stolen during an attack earlier this month. Reports released by security firms and researchers include that the Alf V Black Cat ransomware gang is now using the malicious poor try Windows kernel driver. Iranian hackers have created a new Moneybird ransomware to attack Israeli organizations. A new booty ransomware operation uh-huh. is using the leaked Lockbit and Babook encryptors. And ransomware affiliate Bastardlord released a slightly edited but highly sought-after version of his ransomware manual version 2.0 that was being sold for $10,000 on hacker forums. Jeez. Getting the... Pro- All right, well... Whatever that ten thousand dollar hacker lord thing. Talk, I mean, geez, talk about uh, you know online education and going for it, man. Uh, I wonder if that guy's got like a drip campaign and an email nurture list. Ten thousand dollars for a how to commit ransomware, bro. Like, I don't know about the market, but I feel like Lockbit as a ransomware as an affiliate model, you can get in for you know a couple hundred bucks. All right. So as I mentioned, y'all, um, ransomware is in full swing. It's like I almost feel like it's ransomware season right now because there are major attacks going on. Dallas, Augusta, we've talked about several municipalities getting slapped in the mouth. We see um, different threat actor groups really coming on strong, right? It used to be like Conti and Revil were kind of like the hot items. Now there's like Alf V, Black Cat, which used to be Darkseid, obviously. But then there's the Cuba, Vice, Royal, Clopped, Lockbit. Um, Black Basta, Black Bit, apparently Booty, which I can't wait to tell my son Grayson about because he's going to crack up. And so will Callan, for that matter, when I tell him that there's a Booty ransomware operation going on. Uh, so, guys, you know, all I'll say about this, there's two things about the ransomware roundup that happens every first of the week. One, go in here and cherry pick the ransomware incidents that mostly align with your business right? Or if you're looking, if you have a job interview this week and it's in some sector, pull a ransomware story out of here, right? This is a nice little roundup. The second thing I want to tell you is that always, always with ransomware, you're not, you're not applying like a salve to address ALF V ransomware. Ransomware needs to be approached in a very deliberate, holistic, comprehensive way you need to protect from ransomware infections and you need more importantly to be able to be resilient to maintain business operations if you suffer a ransomware incident and be able to recover at least some mission critical services during a ransomware if you get ransomware and you can't send email if you get ransomware and you can't produce widgets or baubles or whatever it is that your business does philadelphia inquire they're not pushing out newspapers right now, okay? This is what you need to use for a tabletop exercise, and you need to do it sooner than later, okay? Ransomware is not going anywhere. If you get hit with it, you're going to cry. Believe me, you're going you're gonna to be like shell-shocked, like a World War I soldier in a trench. If you don't know what to do, barricade cyber. Like, this is what they do. They help businesses recover from ransomware attacks, but they do them all the time. So... They know how to do tabletop exercises and explain what it would look like and how to get ahead of it. So anyways, that's all I'll say. Ransomware, 
Ransomware is going to ransomware, guys. It's not going anywhere, okay? All right, so let's uh, let's get into this. I want to remind everybody, if you were here just for the uh, do-do-do. If you were here just for the news, I bid you uh, a good day. I hope you enjoy your Tuesday. Really quick, before you go, those who are here just for the news, this Thursday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, I'm doing a live stream with three amazing guests. Uh, Base Case, a.k.a. Casey Gaska, who is a mod, NCC group. He's always bringing the heat. He's an audio engineer as well. Deb Wigley from Black Hills Information Security, one, one of the kindest people I've ever met. And then Ben Sherrill, a.k.a. DJ BSEC. They are coming on stream, and we are specifically answering how to max out your cybersecurity conference experience, okay? Maybe this is the first year you're going to a conference. Maybe you you splurged and you're going to Black Hat DEFCON. And you're like, how do I, do I go to the talks? Do I go to the vendor hall? Do I wear comfortable shoes? Do I, do I pack slippers, right? There is a way to optimize your cybersecurity conference experience, whether it's a massive one like Black Hat or it's a smaller one like B-Sides Augusta, okay? There'll be a lot of people in chat who are sharing tips, tricks, and whatnot. So these, these three individuals have been to a lot of conferences. This picture right here is Ben at a conference, okay? To be very on brand. So come join us Thursday, 4.30 p.m. if you're going to a, a conference this uh, year and you want to uh, crush it like a boss, okay? If you were here just for the news, thank you very much. I bid you good day. Be good. Now, if you're here for some jaw jacking, standard operating procedure, I will look at my phone and make sure that I'm not going to miss a um, 9 o'clock meeting. All right. And it looks like I'm, I'm good. Okay. All right, let's spend a minute jaw jacking. Oh, I was taking a black hat last year. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yep, right here. Black hat. Love it. All right. Cat GPT's in here. Earlier, I had to step away from the desk. My um, my heating system came on, and it's like a, felt like there was like a heater right on my head. It was, it was like uncomfortably hot up on me, so I had to turn my fan on and get that going. All right. So... I hope everybody had a great, great uh, weekend. I saw Alana went to St. Lucia. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, thanks, JoJo. I, hey, just as an update on the... Uh, anybody going to be at Gartner in Maryland, National Harbor next week? Get a high five, Alana. Uh, William Welch, it's possible to test for Sec Plus in eight weeks. Yeah, but I mean, you got to remember, like... I mean, are you coming off of zero experience, zero background? Are you are you just going to, like, read the book? I think eight weeks is plenty of time to, um... Hey, uh, Alana, do you need a passport to get to St. Lucia? I was looking at, uh... I was looking at America, U.S. territories this this weekend. I am not at the Buffer Osier Flow, Gary. So, hey, as an update on the studio, the Buffer Osier Flow presented by Red Bull Studio, um... I took this desk, my, my studio, okay? I took it all apart, and I put, uh, Mrs. Osier and I put it in the studio, and just to kind of, like, look at what's going on, um, she is, she's already designed, and she's actually building, like, this incredible built-in, custom built-ins in the studio, but we had to put the desk and stuff in there to kind of get spacing and whatnot, uh, and then we had to bring the desk back up here. I did set up my mobile studio. I bought a couple extra little... Uh, quality of life things. Thank you, uh, squad members, for your 
support uh, to allow me to do that stuff. So the mobile studio is ready to rock and roll, but um, I've got, um, I had to put my desk back together simply because I have the live stream this Thursday. And next Thursday, I have a really, really um, important live stream. Um, I'm not really ruining anything, but like um, Intel, I, like I'm partnering with Intel, <laughs> which is like amazing. Uh, and they're going to be coming on for a live stream. To We're going to be talking about the security aspects of the vPro platform, the Intel vPro platform, and how that can how that uh, materializes in a corporate ecosystem and allows people like you and engineers to do their job better, faster, with higher uh, fidelity. So I, I need that live stream to be uber professional, uh, so I couldn't do it remotely. So that's the update on all that. But guys, the floor is in on the studio. It's gonna have custom built-ins, which I'm like still over the moon about. Um, um, Mrs. Osher like laid it all, all out on grid paper and did a couple different things. Uh, we had like a, a kind of a, like a wrap session on different cabinet sizes and stuff. You guys, it's gonna be amazing. You guys, I can't wait to show it. It's gonna be so cool. Like freaking custom built-ins. It's awesome. All right, thank you so much, Cat GPT. Uh, CatGPT, I wish I could play my, um, shall we play a uh, game? Um, oh, Nigel, you're very kind. Thank you. All right, so just checking chat out here. Did you talk about what happened earlier when you paused? Yeah, Marcus Seiler. Basically, my, my HVAC system kicked on, and I thought it was, like, malfunctioning because, there, like, there was, like, heat blowing on me. I, it had reached a level where, like, I couldn't think I was so uncomfortable. Yeah, Intel for sure, a nation state target. Oh, no kidding, no kidding, guys. Thanks, Paul Grazulius. And I hope, I, I really, you know, I, I put these uh, streams on, right? Like this stream right here, Gary Sturgiotis asked for this stream and I, I curated what I think are three amazing individuals who can really answer from different perspectives how to max out a cyber conference. So I'm always trying to deliver value to the community um, and I hope everybody comes to all of the streams, but the Intel one, I, I really, uh, not to like beg or whatever, but I really hope we have a great turnout for the Intel one. I'm very, very um, excited about the Intel one and what it can mean for Simply Cyber community long-term, if, if you pick up what I'm putting down. Let's see. Thank you, Samantha S. By the way, can I just share something with you guys? Samantha S., uh, she did the Simply Cyber Community Challenge last Friday. And I want to give her a, um, I guess, a wow, like a tip of the hat. Samantha, like, hacked LinkedIn, essentially. So instead of um, putting a post, because she wanted to write more than the post maximum character limit, she wrote it in a document and uploaded the document. I thought it was such a clever way to get more content on a simply cyber community challenge post very very uh clever and in, in, in innovative so samantha s very very cool thanks paul i hope you can attend the um yeah exactly gary exactly oh my pleasure rachel love it love it love it Guys, my mobile studio setup, like I've got, I bought a, I bought a new mixer. I bought, I've got a um, lighting, 
like like I've got it oh, oh oh and I bought like a really nice uh lapel mic that's XLR like my my goal is to make the mobile studio as good as I can to the main studio so there's no depreciation in quality right I think it's going to be like maybe 95% of, of 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 like the main studio's quality um Intel Jamie is going to be on June 8th I believe June 8th. Let me see. Yes, June 8th, 4.30 p.m. Oh, NSA Virus Lab. Thank you so much. Uh, I do prefer the soundboard personally, but uh, I'm a manual sound effect evangelist. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, tons of stuff. Um, is there a link for what, Kimberly? Let me know in chat. Oh, the Intel one. No, the Intel one hasn't been scheduled yet because Intel is still, because they're a huge company, things move slowly and they're still um identifying uh the the person that is going to be my guest that week um no there's no way we only have 15 likes on this stream right now come on 250 270 people we got 15 likes that's that's terrible um jerry can make waffles with flaming donkey in the new mixer yeah exactly uh, AWS or Azure, which one would I choose? JQ, can you, I didn't see any previous things. Are you asking to like get educated to be a cyber pro, to build, to build a business on, to explore labs? Like what do you, oh, okay. Thank you, Aaron KG. Um, JQ, what, like you have to qualify what you're asking. Um, and then I can answer it. Okay, cool. 176 likes. Now we're talking. Pre-reg for DEFCON 31 opened up. So I'll be at DEFCON 31. Catch me outside. <laughs> I definitely need that sound effect. Uh, I will be hosting a simply uh, for certification. If you want to work in the tech sector, JQ, AWS. If you want to work anywhere else, Azure. Um, I will be hosting, or not hosting, but I will be organizing a Simply Cyber Community Meetup uh, in Vegas this year. Um, I have to check. Uh, Christina, who is a Simply Cyber Community member who is local to the area, provided me a couple um, options. Oh, hey, Jamie, you might have to, like, refresh. I, I know uh, you're probably on mobile. I know on mobile it doesn't refresh as well. Uh, anyways, Christina from Vegas, uh, she gave me some recommendations for, like, non-tourist trap places. I think there's one called, like, Abel, Abe Brewing or something like that. Anyways, I'm organizing a meetup. We did it last year. Um, K.O. Ken was there. Or, um, yeah, I think K.O. Ken. Um, Jim Lunn. Obviously, BSEC, Casey. Like, you know, the mods are there. Um, a lot of great people showed up. We had a great turnout. Um, I'm going to do it again this year, but we're just going to do it somewhere else. So, yeah, DEF CON's good. The nice thing, here's the thing. You're probably going to learn about this um, on the live stream if you do it. If you're going to go to Black Hat, um, you can pre-purchase the DEF CON badge. DEF CON's badge process is a wicked irritating experience right like it's it just sucks there's like a wicked long line they've gotten better at it over the years but it used to be awful and um so now if you can you can prepay for it me personally 
I either prepay for it or I just go to DEFCON like on Thursday afternoon. Like it's already like full on and I just walk up and buy my badge. I don't have to do that. Uh, I don't know if they have chess BSEC. That's a good question. Um, B-Sides DC's coming back. Oh, I don't know about that. All right. Can't wait. Oh, it is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm super pumped. I'm super pumped. It's just we did it at Beer Park last year. And it was kind of like, like for Simply Cyber community members that showed up, you probably didn't notice it. But for me, as the person trying to organize it and stuff, it was an incredibly pain in the butt uh, dealing with the Beer Park people. And it's enough that I don't want to go back. <laughs> Although I will go to Beer Park multiple times while I'm there uh, because they have a rooftop outside seating. It's usually beautiful. They have good beer. And uh, I'll t like I had lunch there with uh, James McQuiggan. I usually have lunch there. I know the Dakota State people, my buddy um, and chair, Kyle Cronin, uh, and I are going to meet up. All right. Whew. Any questions? Are you going to B-Sides Greenville this year, Gerald? I wasn't planning on it, Lacey. When is um when is B-Sides Greenville? I mean potentially i i'm i've got a lot i'm pretty busy i wasn't planning on it i am going to wild west the only conferences i'm confirmed for are uh black hat defcon and uh wild west hack and fest i would very much like to speak at black hat defcon that's always been like one of my life goals career goals whatever you want to call it DEFCON and Black Hat? No. So, Richard Daspit asks, is DEFCON Black Hat's little brother? No, they're run by the same organizations, but think of Black Hat as like professional, corporate, big money, vendors, you know, a lot. I mean, there's a lot of knowledge being shared. And then DEFCON is more practitioners, way more accessible. Black Hat costs thousands of dollars to get in. DEFCON costs hundreds of dollars. Um, in the Venn diagram intersection, um, the briefings, right? So a lot of people who brief at Black Hat will also brief the same brief at DEF CON. So that's the deal there. Um, I personally, well, I don't want to ruin it. I'll, I'll, I'll save it for this stream. I'll, I'll probably inject a few of my own thoughts in this stream. My conference experience has evolved over time. I don't go to the briefings anymore. I used to only go to the briefings. I almost don't go to any briefings anymore. Um, to me, it's more, it's more about networking. It's about having conversations with certain people, um, collaborating, making plans, figuring out stuff. Plus DEF CON's way too freaking big. Like you basically, DEF CON is a con of cons. So like you almost have to pick like, what do you want to do? Like stay at the blue team village or stay at the red team village or stay at the ICS village. It's like, there's too much going on to be able to like do all the DEFCON stuff. Plus there's like a sea of humanity. I, you know, whatever. I digress, but it's all, yeah, it is all about networking, right? We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it on this stream right here. This is going to be a fun one. What is the purple team? Purple teaming is like red team and blue team sitting next to each other. And the red team does like, hey, I'm going to detonate this piece of malware or I'm going to make a uh, C2, um, I'm going to access a C2 server right now. Tell me if your tools see it. Yes or no. 
No, they didn't see it. Okay, let's tune your tools. I'm going to do it again. Do you see it? Yes, I see it. All right, now your tools are better tuned. That's purple teaming. BSEC knows about the networking. All right, it's good to be back in the stream. Oh my God, can we talk about this for a second? Some of you, this could be like a bonus tidbits Tuesday, okay? Some of you know this, some of you don't, all right? So CTFs or capture the flag uh, activities, I love them and I think that they're a awesome opportunity for networking and engagement. I personally don't do them because they consume me, okay? This is like a, like this is a fault that I recognize. CTFs are basically like puzzles, okay? And they, they can consume hours of your time. And I tend to not do them because I have so much going on personally and professionally that I can't really allocate like, you know, like eight hours to a CTF, okay? This weekend, I got up on Saturday morning. It, hold on, look at this. What is this over, where, how, where is this? Over here? Oh yeah, okay. Camera's catching a little bit of whatever. I got up Saturday, three-day weekend, and I'm like, you know what? This puzzle right here on the Prompt Magazine, you can get a free pin. I'll get that later, right? You can get a free pin. And I'm like, I want a free pin. All I gotta do is put on these glasses and look through it, no big deal. So I start doing it and I uncover some stuff. And then I realize it's a CTF, but it's too late. I'm, I'm already in, I'm already all in. Four and a half hours later, I have, almost finished the entire CTF and I don't want to give away any answers but I have double checked my work triple checked my work at the end of the day you get like a secret code I don't want to it's it's written under here okay I have triple checked my work and it's not the right code and I'm so infuriated I literally spent hours and hours and I'm still not done but be careful guys CTF can get up on get you but uh hashtag or shout out to prompt um and uh jason blanchard and the whole black hills team because this is a th first of all if you want to become a threat hunter or know more about advanced blue team operations this is an awesome issue this issue is all about threat hunting but the ctf oh yeah i probably spent in all five hours Thank God I set a, a reminder. I had to take Mrs. Ozier's car to the car dealership and uh, like it popped up. I was all over it. Nice, Adrian Harris. Enjoy the GRC course. All right. All right, y'all. I'm going to boogie out of here. I want to thank you all for being here today. Thanks so much for the jaw jacking. Be good, everybody. We'll see you. Tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time. Do me a solid. Share with your friends and professional network what we're doing out here. We're trying to help. Until next time, I'm Jerry. This is Simply Cyber. Stay secure.
everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one. Yeet!